welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I am Dan, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Brady. I'm, I'm Brady. I'm Brady. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing much, man. Just uh, enjoying the relaxing weekend before Hell Week, and then the Hell Week after that. Hell Week? What, is that just Hell Week for work, or is that in the house? No, that's that's for work. Um, we're... Uh, so last week we got told our client uh, wants us to catch up um, on on our work uh, by the end of the month, and um, which doesn't sound like much, but uh, we, we kind of got bent over uh, from the start. So, um, so what does catch up look like? What what is that? What does that look like numbers wise? That looks that looks like um, so we have eleven hundred and fifty orders. And we're averaging about 25 new ones per day. It's a lot. And, and so we need okay. to fill these orders, the ones that come in, all by the end of the month. So that's looking like 12-hour days, five days a week. How many can you average a day doing install-wise? Um, well, we have to do in order to in order to do it. I actually ran the numbers. We have to do 60 per day. How much do you? How many are you averaging now, like on a good day? Uh, yeah. we're averaging probably on a good day. Uh, each each of our four teams can do ten per, so that's forty. So, so you are you looking at sixty out of the four, or are you talking about sixty per four teams? No, uh, sixty per team. But uh, for OT, all we're running is two teams. Yikes! Yeah, yikes! That's a lot. So why not why not bump the teams for OT then? Um, we, what do you mean? Well, like, you said you're only running two teams instead of four teams, right? So why not try to bring in? Oh, do they not want to, or is it just more of like no, we can't afford to no, pay people have, forty-two dollars an hour in OT? <laughs> no, we have a, we we actually have um, we have enough for three teams volunteering for OT. Um, because we're not making it mandatory, we don't like doing that kind of thing. But um, right. so we have we have enough for three teams. But um, for the, the the our client has um, multiple buildings. So um, in order to get this done, we're actually just concentrating on one building per day. So if we have two teams, or two two trucks that go out with six people total, we can knock out a whole building. I mean, we could probably do an extra hundred a day if if that's Thank what it took. Yeah. Um, oh, so I mean, running, running the numbers, uh, we can we could probably get it done. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. That's not bad. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes because that sounds like it's gonna be stressful as hell. Man, it's gonna be well, it's it's gonna be more like long days. Um, yeah. The apartment complex that I live in, I've got a I've got a a bug problem right now, and um, they like to they have a contract with some pest control company and one guy that comes out and he's a dick um and <laughs> we're not naming get, any get, names are we no oh, okay. uh, but that and i don't know this guy anyway but <laughs> I, I i do know the company he works for and that's i i'm not gonna drop that name because he's <laughs> a dick but um <clears throat> they give you prep sheets um for to make sure your apartment's ready to get you know treated right well, we have two small children, two cats, a lizard, all that stuff. It takes some planning to get something like this done. And when the the guy shows up 
and my wife is is finishing up the list now keep in mind we did probably three quarters of the list the night before um and so he can't he can't give us five ten fifteen minutes to to go ahead and finish up he just tells her to stop the office will call you later and then when by the time i get home from work the office still hasn't called so i have to call the office and first words out of their mouth is oh you guys weren't ready and i said well bullshit yeah Um, that's horseshit and uh so i went off because we've had uh we've had bed bugs before in this apartment yikes um thank you to uh the the person that lived next door to me that was a drug addict that overdosed much appreciated um and he uh i I, that's what i'm assuming i've I've known enough drug drug addicts i've been in a i've been a drug addict before so you know they're not the cleanest people they also tend to bring shit in from outside Mm. um but they actually and at this time at, at this time um so my son was getting eaten bit every night and we actually it's like so much that we thought it was a rash we didn't think it was bug bites that's how that's how many there were on his back yikes and um finally i i i was pulling up the sheets to to wash them and looked down and his mattress and box spring were just gross covered yeah so um i was pissed and they told us well you know you'll he won't be back for another two weeks and i was like um no (laughs) yeah that's not gonna work for me homie that ain't gonna work for me oh yeah so i i was like so you want me to just let my son get eaten alive for two weeks what do you i mean what do do you suggest oh well go out and buy the powder i shouldn't have to all right well if i'm gonna go out and buy the powder then i'm going to bill y'all's asses for not doing your job well yeah i mean i shouldn't have to i'm renting from you yeah. All right. This isn't this isn't something. So I actually I dragged the box and it was mostly just the box spring. And then we got a because uh, a, I mean, mattresses, even for kids, ain't cheap. So we ended up getting a, a bug proof mattress cover like we did some research and got one that actually is work actually works. Um, and we haven't had them since. But I dragged the I didn't drag. I picked up the box spring. And I, I ran outside with it, put it by the trash. And then they find me 50 bucks for it. Why? Um, because I because it was bed bugs. And um, they wanted me to apparently keep keep it in my apartment. No, that's, that, that's <laughs> no, like, that's oh. not gonna happen. No, that's that's. I mean, as far as I know, that's a health risk. So yeah, no, no I'm I good. mean, when it comes down to my children, not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm but good. yeah, this is, that's that's one of those that's one of the reasons that you know as I stated last week you know I took a first time home buyer's course and mm-hmm. I've gotten a little more information this week and and we're looking we're looking okay I uh, got a few few uh, debts to pay off and and then we'll be good to go but um, but yeah I need to get the hell out of this apartment complex and um, I don't know torch it on my way out I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean you ever you ever heard have you ever seen um, uh, scent of a woman no oh god it's classic i mean and it's actually not not you know just because it's old doesn't mean it's good you know that whole saying this one's actually good okay um (laughs) but there's a there's a scene in there where where uh uh what is it al pacino um says if i was the man i was 10 years ago i'd take a flamethrower to this place (laughs) (laughs) that'd be you huh 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I I can't stand this place. I can't stand this area. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be yeah. done with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other, other than that, I mean, yeah, we're we're looking for looking ahead to. But the good thing is, is the the overtime. I honest, honestly, I expected to take us a week into December hmm. uh, because uh, Thanksgiving week we have uh, Thanksgiving and Friday are are both paid days off. Yeah. And if our client is closed, we don't work because right. we're directly contracted through them to or to them. Um, so, you know, nobody's going to pay us if we go into work, if, if, you know, that's the case. So um, I told them, I said, I'm not doing any overtime that week because it, even if I work 12 hours, those three days, I'm not going to hit OT. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh it's it, and that is the holidays. I'll take the money. I'm yeah, trying to get a new house. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure my kids have a decent Christmas and of course. All that stuff. My wife. Yeah. I mean, me. I'm. I'm one of those people. Give me some underwear, socks. I need a new wallet. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really. Uh, I mean, I, as much as I love, and you know, later on in life, I feel like you know, I'll get myself stuff. That and you know, as as the person that handles the finances, if there's something that I want that I know we can afford that we're not going to take a hit on, I get it. Yeah, that's true. That's uh. See. I love socks and my wife, uh, her grandmother gives us the most amazing socks for Christmas. Um, so I can't wait for Christmas, but first off, um, we have to get through Thanksgiving first. I am not a early Christmas person. There's Turkey day to be had. Turkey day will happen before anything Christmas related begins. And the earliest that any Christmas stuff can happen in my house is the day after black Friday. See, I'll put the tree up Black Friday because yeah. I don't do I, I don't do Black Friday. Nope. I don't do nope. It. nope. 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 Can't do it. Do you, no, do December. You, have, you ever, have you ever gone shopping in on Black Friday? Uh, yeah, I went a couple of times. Not a, not really a big fan of it, so I just sit home and drink coffee and shop on Amazon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> and I did I did retail when I was younger, like in my teens. That was like a couple of my first yeah, jobs. And I'm done with that. Like I did. So I worked two retail jobs and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I can't I can't do this. I can't deal with the stupidity. I can't deal with like the ignorance and I can't deal with the people that actually work in this like retail. Like people who work retail have just a different mentality that I just don't agree with. And I left retail and dug ditches ever, you know, went and dug ditches as a, you know, 17, 18 year old and never, I guess, never really looked back from that kind of work. I don't know. <clears throat> Coming from the service industry, which isn't exactly retail, but I mean, it's, it's similar, especially during the yeah. holidays. A lot more people are eating out because they are out. Um, and I do have to say that I, I, I firmly believe that anybody working retail or service industry during the holidays should, there should be an automatic like 20% gratuity that goes just to the workers. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I agree. Especially if you're only like two servers in a restaurant, like anywhere in a restaurant these days, cause that seems to be how it is. There's like two or oh, three people and it's, it's awful. But you know, talking about the holidays and everything, um, this is what our first recording in the month of November, right? So uh, yeah. Yeah, because I think the last one we did was the weekend of Halloween or was on Halloween. Um, yeah, it was on Halloween, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, November, if, if all, you know, y'all who are listening and everything, if, if nobody was aware, um, November is men's month. 
um, you know, Movember, everybody, you know, does, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people like to do mustaches or, you know, it's also no shave November, but I participate in no shave ever. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I want to do actually a quick shout out our buddy, Chris, who, you know, joins us quite often. He's doing, um, I think he's, he's tr- trying to run like 60 miles for Movember. And I think the last time I heard he was up to like, I don't know, I think he said he was doing about two miles a day. So are trying to do two miles a day. So I need to check his tracker, but he, um, he's, you know, doing a, uh, like donations and stuff too. So I, I'll post the link up on Facebook if anybody's curious, but yeah, you, you know, g- good to him, man. I mean, he asked me if I wanted to join him on 60 miles and I was like, yeah, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe 60 trips to the fridge if that counts. But, um, you know, but actually that he, he brought up a good point was that, you know, um, it, it just helps spread awareness and not a lot of people actually even realize that November is men's health month or men's month in general. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a good thing and he's doing a good job and I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there who are doing something and, you know, props to you guys for, for doing that stuff. Absolutely. And, and, you know, on top of not just, uh, not just it being men's health month, it is the holidays and, and, you know, with everything going on, in the world today, especially in our, in our immediately immediate world, like the, you know, the U S and everything going on, I think sharing some goodwill and sharing the, that the, the, it's not just, you know, dirt bags out there. There are re, there are more good people. There are more decent people out there that just do it. Just do these decent things to, to be a decent person. They don't need the publicity. They don't need any of that stuff. I believe there are, more of those people out there than really we get credit for. And, and, you know, it's a great thing. I think that would be, not only will it spread awareness for, you know, men's health month and, and, you know, mental health in general. Um, but I think it'll spread awareness for the humanity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, you know, I don't think it really needs to go to be said, but, uh, you know, the holidays is obviously one of the, um, higher percentage times where people end up commuting, committing suicide. And it's because the holidays are built around being with your family and your loved ones. And if you don't have family and you don't have loved ones, then, you know, it it really does do it. Like it really does makes impact on you when, when you don't have that. And there's a lot of people out there who don't have that. And, um, we're, we wanted to kind of bring this up early so we didn't talk about it too late, but, with that in mind, we kind of wanted to start this give back program where, you know, we understand that it's hol- it's the holidays and we're kind of coming out of the COVID thing and, and not a lot of people maybe have money. So in what we were originally going to talk about was maybe doing um, like donations to like a charity. But what we kind of ended up coming up with is we would like to start something where you all as a community go and give back in a way that you see fit. And we're kind of we're calling it the uh, unapologetically give back initiative initiative. Um, and what we're asking for those of you who would like to participate <clears throat> is to just give back in a way that you see fit where it, it doesn't have to be money related. It could just be donating your time. It could be, uh, you know, helping your neighbor. It could be doing collecting uh, canned food donating clothes, working at a shelter, something like that. And what we would like for all y'all to do 
is to document it. Either take a short video or put a video together or some photos and post it on your social media page with the hashtag unapologetically giving back and maybe tag the show underneath if you felt inclined. Um, but, you know, it's just something that Brady and I really, um, you know, we discussed early on and it was just something that we kind of did last year separately. We did for America for Suicide Prevention. Um, we ended up, well, uh, I hosted something, but Brady helped me out immensely and we raised over a thousand dollars. Um, and this year we kind of want to do something differently because again, not everybody may have money. Um, but it, it's just, you know. It's a way that we we just want to raise awareness. We want to show that we care and we just are trying to get the community involved. But uh, if there is if people do feel inclined to donate money, we don't want anybody to donate to us. We would like somebody to donate to either a charity of their choice or I know there's, you know, two or three that are very popular with us. Um, mine is uh, America for Suicide Prevention. That's AFSP. Um, Brady, I know you talked about the Valhalla oh, Project. Yeah. Yeah, the Valhalla project, which um, which uh, the donations go, it's a uh, it's a veteran suicide um, organization, and you know they they actually uh, these guys actually uh, make plaques for the the soldiers that come that have sacrificed everything that come back in a box. Um, not to put it too bluntly, but that's that's plain and simple. Um, and they make plaques for the families, and and they have they have a lot of merchandise and stuff. I mean, it's a very they are pro, they are for profit. I'm not going to lie to you, but they do a lot of amazing work. That and the uh, 22 a day initiative. Um, the that's you know 22 veterans um, uh, commit suicide every day, and that's too many. And um, you know, I'm I'm very much in in favor of supporting our veterans and supporting our armed services. So that's 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 kind of a, uh, a pretty important uh, charity for me. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're going to bring it up again at the end of the episode, but, um, oh, yeah. you know, leaning, leaning into that, did you know, I, I found this stat out earlier this week and there's a couple things that I, that I learned that, you know, I learned now and I kind of maybe feel a little ignorant about not knowing because we're doing a mental men's mental health podcast, but <clears throat> they, there was a, a gentleman who is a mental health, uh, like crisis awareness, uh, caseworker. And he said that on the average, it takes 10 years for somebody to ask for help, 10 years for somebody to ask for help on average. Right. And I was looking at some stats and, you know, the stats don't lie. There's no there's nothing about it being, you know, man versus woman or, you know, a race or anything like that. It's men lead the percentage of suicides and attempted suicides. And and as a study from just 2017, which uh, and maybe there's an updated one, but I couldn't find it. But just from 2017, it said like 9% of the U.S. men of, of men suffer from depression and anxiety. And one of three are on medication dealing with depression and anxiety. And let me just say, you know, 9%, that sounds like a low number. But let's think, let's, let's break that down for a second. That's one in, basically one in 10. Yep. One in 10. How many of you out there know 10 people? Now, I mean... Like know them, know them, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you you know you know ten people, you know ten men. Every, every yeah. pretty much yeah. everybody does know. I mean, between work, personal life, that kind of thing. Let's think about that for a second. That means every, that means this kind of thing, anxiety and depression, touches everybody's life. Yeah, 
And it, it, it's just it's just wild, man. You know, we talked about that earlier, I think, like one of the first two episodes when we started this thing about, you know, the percentages of men. And but it's just it's not just men. It's it's everybody. I mean, you know, you like we said, this is one of the hardest times for people to deal with. And, you know, we always talk about we always talk about ask for help. You know, or if you don't know how to ask for help, you know, just re- like do what you can to reach out to somebody. But, you know, what I found is what I found is that there there are people that could dead look their mother in the eye and lie to them and tell them that they're fine when their mother asks them if they're OK. And they could turn around, immediately walk out the door, not be OK. And they'll talk about how they don't have anybody to lean on because they don't think anybody would listen to them. Now, that's not a shot at somebody for trying to play a victim no. card. What that is, is they don't feel like they're strong enough to ask for help. They don't feel like they're strong enough to to, act, to you know, especially like your mom or somebody that, you know, you're close to like that. It's hard to admit to. And oh, it, abs- it absolutely you know, is. And a lot of that, too, is, you know, we 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 deal with a lot of past trauma and a lot of past demons. And, you know, we, we talk about depression, anxiety all the time. But, you know, it's not just depression, anxiety. It's, you know, you have depression, you have anxiety, but you have, you know, trauma from certain situations. There's people who go through PTSD. There's, you know, all kinds of things. And you're always dealing with stuff that is in your past. And when you don't take care of that stuff in your past, it compounds on the, the new stuff. And, you know, me, sometimes I feel guilty about dealing with stuff in the past and still having to do with the stuff today and still having to live my life. And I've noticed, you know, there's there's people that walk around this walk this earth that are dealing that have pain and 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 depression and they deal with anxiety and they're you know, they feel broken, but they're helped by people who also walk with pain and depression and anxiety and feel broken and it's it's a great thing, you know, coming together. But when you can't move past some of that stuff, you just get stuck. And we get mm-hmm. stuck in we get stuck in dealing with those issues, and we get stuck with dealing with those with those past demons and the past trauma. That when the universe sends you something good, you don't even know that it's good. It could smack you right in the face, and you wouldn't even know because we're so stuck in the past, not stuck in the past, but we're stuck with dealing with those things in the past. Well, it's harder for us, you know, as, uh, especially as men. I mean, like, like we've said before, yes, we, this, it, this podcast isn't just for, for men, but you know, that's, that's what we tend to focus on. Um, now it's harder for men. It, it, it is. And that's one of the reasons it is, is because, you know, when, <clears throat> For generations, we've been taught, you know, when you ask for help, you're weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even when somebody says, hey, you know, how are you doing? You just you, you nod your head and say you're fine and you keep pushing <laughs> yep. forward. Yep. I mean, that's that's how we're trained. That's how we're raised. Now, I was raised, you know, that it's OK to show emotion and stuff like that. But still, that's I mean, it's it's almost genetic. It's, I mean, really, um, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, we we we're we're the breadwinners. We, you know, we, we do what we need to do. We keep our head down and we keep moving forward. And um, so, you know, when it comes time to, for us to ask for help, and honestly, you know, you say, you said the guy said on average, now I haven't seen this study. I don't know anything about it. Uh, you brought it up before uh, in our little rundown before we started recording. Um, that, let, let's, let, let's focus on the word average here. The average is 
10 years. It's an average. That means people take longer. People take, people take shorter, but you know, I firmly believe, and you know, I guess you can call me sexist if you want, but like I said, we focus on men's mental health on this. Um, I firmly believe that the reason that it is that far out 10 years is because of the men's mental health side, because, you know, it, it's more socially acceptable for a woman to ask for help. I'm not saying it's okay for that. I'm just saying that it is most, it is more socially acceptable for a woman to say, I need help than it is for a man to say, I don't, I, I need help. I mean, I've, like I said, I TikTok got me, but mm-hmm. you know, there's been a couple of videos I've seen and one, one really sticks out in my mind that, you know, it's, guy you know uh, he guy was on suicide watch for a couple of uh for for a couple of weeks they gave him medication for and counseling for a few months and patted him on his ass and sent him on his way yeah i mean that's that That doesn't help anything no and that's you know that's not that's not the help that that we as men really need we need the same type of help as we're, you know, that that's where the separation comes as far as I'm concerned is, you know, people need to stop thinking of mental health as, yes, that, that probably includes us. But as you know, this treatment works well with women, this treatment works well with men. No, this is this is a human treatment. This is a human problem. Right. Right. And, you know, they say you know, women always talk about how women can be real mean. And I mean, we, you sometimes you see some shit where you're just like, God, Lee, like you going straight for the Achilles going, you know, trying to take something oh, yeah. down. But they, it is I think, it, like you said, it's more socially acceptable for women to have their you know friends to sit down and talk about these things like they have you know they they throw like breakup parties and stuff like that men just go to the bar and get absolutely shit-faced when they when you know they deal with something yeah and if you if you really you really want to see bullying um coming from me who uh, you know like i was telling you in the rundown starting at like 18 dude i was working ditches for for uh construction companies one because i couldn't deal with retail anymore two it's just it's it was just a mentality right and if you want to talk about bullying, man, go to a construction site and sit around some of those older men who have been working there for 25 years <laughs> doing construction, and you will hear some wild ass shit. And you will just look at these people, and you know these these men who, uh, you know, they all they do is just they just talk shit. They talk down to you. They, you know, they do a lot of things, right? And then you learn more about them, and it's. They're alcoholics. They're divorced. Their kids don't see them anymore. They are paying child support and ungodly amounts of child support because they can't get their life together. They got DUIs and they've been running, you know, a small construction crews for the last 15 to 20 years because they can't get out of that hole or they can't progress or they do something to hold them back. And they are they are some of the most ruthless people you will ever meet, but they are some of the most hurting people that you will ever see in your life. Oh, sure. Um, you know, you know, and, and I think that can be said across the board for, for the, the older generations, I think, because yeah. I mean, the world, the world that they grew up in, that they thought that they were going to have is no longer existent. I'm not saying that's a positive or a negative. I don't know. I'm not in their shoes, but the fact of the matter is, is this is not the world that they know. Um, social media, um, you know, uh, really me and you, me and you doing this podcast, a men's mental health focused podcast, where we're telling, we're saying, don't, you know, don't forget it is okay to ask for help and it is okay to show your emotion. Oh, I mean, we, we'd be laughed out of town. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. We'd be called weak. We'd be called soft yeah. and things. But here, but see, they call you weak and they call you soft. But what they don't realize is that you wake up every single morning. And when you wake up, when you wake up in the morning, and I don't. Maybe this happens to you, but this happens to me, and I'm sure it probably happens to a lot of people. Um, you know, like background for the new people, I've worked mainly blue collar jobs and that is mainly basically my mental mindset of a blue collar worker because you have to be in a certain mindset to get things done, you know, and that's just how it is. That's just the way of life when you work in that career field. And when you wake up in the morning, your alarm goes off, you have about five to 10 minutes of clarity where nothing's bothering you. You know, you're like, oh shit, my alarm went off, but there's like five to 10 minutes where nothing bothers you. And then it sits, it, it hits you and it sits in. And when you get in your truck at, for me, it's three 30 in the morning going to work. When you sit in your truck and you go down a highway and you're driving a highway for an hour, there's a lot of things that can take place in your mind for an hour at three 30 in the morning. And a lot of it is not good. It is, yeah. it is, it is dark. It is negative. It is, uh, almost stuff that is borderline, uh, ready for you to turn the wheel and drive into a median separating the easy pass lane and a highway. Like it, it could be a split second. And I, I did a video earlier in the week. Um, and it may have came off a little rough, but I really don't care obviously. Um, but it, it what I said was, um, the definition of strength is knowing that you can end your life at any time and choosing not to. And those that have chosen not to, it takes a strong, strong set of brass balls to not be able to do that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's there for the most part. I mean, I don't. I don't make a conscious effort not to kill myself. Um, I don't. It's not it doesn't even enter my mind. But keep in mind, I've tried twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. So, you know, the, just the fact that I can say that, you know, it's obviously in the back somewhere in that the the cold dark recesses that you know nobody wants to talk about um that yes i have tried before and no i will never try again my life will never be that bad uh, my life wasn't i mean as much as this may sound heartless and cold my life wasn't that bad back then right it's just that that's the position that i was in that's the point of my life that i was in um <clears throat> no Can see I- i'm right there can yeah. I say something real quick? Because you, sure. you brought it up. You said your life wasn't that bad. And I think I think what people need to understand, too, is that you can live a really good life. Like, you can have a awesome life. But, you know, like we said earlier in the week, I talked to you about this. Um, you can have a really, a really nice life where your heart feels full, but your soul feels broken. And that's, and, and that's kind of where I was uh, – that's well put. That's kind of where I was trying to take it is, you know, yeah, back then my life wasn't – terrible but i was broken i was internally i was you know it's that's and i'm not saying that i had a good life i was homeless i was a drug addict i tried to kill myself i you know i i I had no healthy healthy you know romantic relationships because of the place that i was in um it was it was just one of those things where all these all these chips fell and granted these were all chips that i bought I mean, these. I, I, I've said it before, and I will continue to say this whenever, whenever this gets brought up. I put myself in that position by the choices that I had made. Um, that's the plaintiff. So now I'm, I'm one of those people that can say that. Not everybody can, and that's fine. But yes, you know, now my soul is full. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, I have, 
I have the family and I have the good job and I have a beautiful wife and, um, and a wonderful wife. And I, I know I mentioned she's beautiful all the time, but it's more than that. It's, you know, she is, she's the love of my life and there is nothing anybody could ever do to destroy that. But just like you said earlier, and I realize I'm kind of taking a bit of a ta- tangent here, but, um, what you said before that about, you know, living in the past, I kind of understand because, you know, that I don't talk about it very often, but I've been divorced and it was mm-hmm. a rough period of time. It was a rough period of time in my life. Um, if you were to look at me now in comparison to right before I was divorced, you wouldn't recognize me. Physically, I look the same. Mentally, I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritually, emotionally, I am not the same person I was. Um, that does cross my mind. It does. Not not divorce, but the pain, that hurt, that darkness, that that emptiness that I felt in the middle of my divorce, and all that, and and for years after, it does it does cross my mind, and so I, I kind of you know I kind of understand what you're saying when when it comes down to that. I'm gonna let me ask you a question, and I'm gonna ask you a question, and then let you ponder on it while we take a break. Okay. Okay. So here's the here's the question though. It's why do you think people can't ask for help? And also, why why is it that it takes so long for somebody to ask for help? Mm. So let me take a break, or let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about that. Is that good? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and, and I think you should share your opinion on that, too. Oh, I'm you. Uh, well, you damn well know I'm going to share my opinion. Anytime I get a chance to, I'm going to. That's so. true. All right, we will be right back. This is Men Your Life Unapologetically Human. We'll be right back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Welcome back, uh, Men Your Life Unapologetically Human. Dan Brady here. Um, and before we left, what's up? I said, hola. Hola. So before we left, I posed you with uh, two questions, um, which was kind of unfair because I did say a question and I hit you with two questions, I think. But um, uh, the questions were, uh, why do you think it takes so long for us to ask for help? And why is it that we can't ask for help? Well, and I'm going to uh, address this kind of, you know, I know they're not in any particular order. Um, I think a big a big aspect of why we can't ask for help, especially as men is we don't want to be a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we, you know, and it's, and there's a little macho behind that too. You know, we can handle it, uh, that kind of thing. But, um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, we don't want to be a burden because, you know, it, it's funny. A lot of people that I personally know that, you know, have asked for help and stuff like that, that, and, and it has taken a long time is yeah you know they don't want to be a burden and you know they these are the people that um know what it's like to be treated like you're a burden you know they you know i i've i've brought it up you know my my uh my previous relationship before my wife you know was very abusive and you know there it was one of those things where you know i felt like and the person that i was with made me feel like it, it was more of a burden for me to ask for help, you know, suck it up cupcake, 
you know, you think you have a rough because it was always one of those. And this is probably a fear in the back in the back of my mind when I, when I'm whenever I'm hesitant to ask for help is that, you know, you're always afraid that they're going to come back with a comparison. Oh, you mm-hmm. think you're hard. Your, your life is rough. Well, try this. This mm-hmm. is what I went through. No, this is, and, you know, a lot of people, it's a knee jerk reaction for a lot of people. And I think that's, that's one of those things that, you know, it, it, that's why it's so hard for us as men to ask for help. And why does it take so long? Um, because, I mean, pride, mm-hmm. pride. I mean, I, I firmly believe that, you know, and, and yeah, there's a lot to it and there's a lot behind it and stuff like that. But I think pride is a big aspect of it because not only do we not want to feel like a burden, like I said, we, we want to be strong. We, we, that's, that's how we, we want to be viewed as well. It's not the fact, it's not just the fact that it's ingrained in our DNA. It's that's, that's the, that's the outward appearance that we want to have is we want to be that strong you know, rock for our family. And if we show any softness and we show any vulnerability that, you know, it's, we have to work through those vulnerabilities in order to ask for help. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that it takes us so long. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. I shit. That was pretty good. That was good. Well, I you. like that. I like that. But uh, actually you, you um no you but you you said it because I was gonna say the same thing I think it, it's burden right and well they, you know like I said the average was like ten years of asking for help and you know that now that I think about it um if I do my math correctly which I probably didn't um it this is we would be going on in March would be the tenth year of my brother passing and I have never asked for help to deal with that situation. And it makes you think that, holy crap, that guy might be right, that the average is 10 years. And we're sitting on nine. Now, I've talked about it more when we started this podcast. I've talked about it way more than I probably ever have since then, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you're absolutely right, like asking for help. Um, you know, I use that analogy earlier in the week where – when, when I had my uh, breakdown moment this week, which you were there for, and I'm very appreciative of because, you know, you and I were in two different, we're in two different time zones. So I'm three hours ahead of you. And I realized that when I'm uh, having those moments at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's what, seven o'clock your time. And you're um, in the heart of, and you're the heart of getting your shit together for work. You know, it's a little bit different, but um, I use that. And I, again, I'm very appreciative of you, you know, uh, being there and talking to me through all that stuff. And I'm always here for you, brother. I appreciate that, you know, and, and, you know, listen, find yourself a Brady, you know, last year, last week <laughs> it was find yourself a Dan this week. It's find yourself a Brady. But, um, I use that, I use that analogy of, uh, it's kind of like holding that bridge. Like if you fall through a bridge into like a mud pit per se, um, you don't want anybody else to fall through that bridge. So you lift it and you hold it because there's people coming behind you. Right. And you figure that as long as they're okay, you're okay. And like you Mm -hmm. said, we believe, you know, we, you said it, we can handle it. I don't necessarily know if we can handle it. It's, I, we think we can handle it. And I think it's pride that tells you that you can handle it. And in reality, you can't. 
because if you say that you can't handle it, you are cracking at the foundation of what you believe is what you've built in your head is this monstrous mountain that can hold anything at any given time, which well, is not, which is not true. And you and you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. You know, uh, um, I I mean, call call me old school, but you know, I was I believe that <clears throat> me being you know the breadwinner of the family me being the man the father the husband um i am the foundation mm-hmm. and that's that that's truly what i believe and it may be you know there may maybe some people out there that believe that's an archaic way of thinking about it but that's that, that's how i believe and that's how i kind of run my life and i'm not a mentality it's a mentality it's for perspective you yeah. know i mean that's all it is yeah, and you've brought it up. You brought it up in the past. You know, talking about your your brother's passing, um, the burden aspect. I mean, you know firsthand that you don't that uh, you know the effects that it has on you to not ask for help because you you're afraid you're going to be a burden. You've I mean you've said it. You've oh, yeah. said you know there other people had to deal with things. There were other things that needed to be dealt with. So you just sucked it up, buried it deep. And you were everything for everybody during that period of time. Right. And I, I, I focus more on them before I focus on myself. And I would like to say that I took time for myself, but I didn't. It was, uh, see, it was more so I didn't take time for myself. Uh, the, the time took itself for me, if that makes sense. It took what it wanted from me at the time that it needed to. So I didn't have, I didn't have any, uh, you know, any say of when I was going to deal with it because I pushed that shit so far down that time took it when it wanted to. Yeah. You didn't take the time. The time took you. Right. Took exactly. You. Yep. Exactly. There and, you go. That's the right and, way to say it. And that's, you know, and, and that's, you, that, I think that lies at the core of, mm. uh, of that question. Mm. Yeah. And it, you know, you, and you know, you, you brought it up and, uh, it, like you said, I, I was focused on everybody else and not myself. And and even before my brother died, I I was going through things just like any any mid twenty year old would, right? Uh, you have some relationships that failed. There's people that you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the dating scene wasn't what you thought it would be. You know, think work, things at home, and. We in my in my household, we didn't we didn't talk about these things like it was almost damn near forbidden to talk about these things. Now, my mom was open about it. My dad was not. And my, it took a long time for my dad to become open minded about these things. And even he struggles today. Like he I mean, he really, really struggles with with his mental health. And I think he I think he's doing a better job. Um, Dan, not anywhere near as bad as he used to be. Still pretty bad, and probably should go talk to somebody. Um, but like, wait, well beyond talking to me. I mean, I'm talking like he needs. He should probably go get some help. But um, and I'm not being an ass. It's just what I've seen through the years. But it's, I dealt with these things. Dad, you 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 would know. You're yeah. you're closest. But I, I was dealing with some of this stuff way before my brother ever died. And then when my brother died, it, it compounded on those things, you know, and I had that, you know, everybody goes through that shit. It's like, you know, you you run the merry-go-round of people that you're dating. It's not that you're, you, you're open door with other people. It's you kind of 
you kind of start like giving yourself to somebody and then it doesn't work out. Right. So then you start this cycle of, well, you know, well, screw it. You know, I'm the nice guy. The nice guy finishes last all the time. So now I'm just going to be a cold hearted asshole. And that's what you're going to have to deal with. And you, you, it's that cycle, right? So when I was going through some of that stuff and this was work, it was school, it was family problems. It was a lot of things, right? I had, normalize the idea of not being okay. And and let me preference this by saying we say often that it's okay to not be okay. But there's a difference between living in the not okay and and not seeking the it's okay part. Like mm. like the it's okay to not be okay was literally I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I'm in a dark side, I've normalized that, and this is now my way of life. Like, that was how I was for a long time. Now, I gotta ask something, though. You know, you you said, you know, you you were going through a lot, you know, being family, work, school, all that stuff, when your brother passed. Now, for lack of a better phrase, because I've been trying to, I've been kicking through it for the last couple of minutes, trying to find a better way of asking this, but now, do you think that that partially gave you an excuse to bury everything? Not what, just my, your brother's my passing? My brother dying? Yes. Being him, you mean, so him passing was an excuse for me to bury everything? To bury everything. Not oh, just, not just your brother passing. 100%. I, I leaned on that because it was... I already had so much going on that that to me, to me, this was just one more thing, you know, and and it's more than that. You know, it's a family member dying. It's not just one more thing. It's not like it is what it is, but it was, you know, it was another form. It was another uh, avenue of grief. And I'm so used to. I was so used to dealing with all that, that now it's just what's one more. What's one more going to hurt? Right. And Uh, it's like. like and think about it, like an alcoholic situation, right? What's one more drink gonna hurt? Yeah, I'm already, I'm already screwed up. So I yeah, mean, so I'm more. already, I'm already hurting, and I'm already in pain, and you know, I've already learned how to live like this, and I've already learned how to function with this, and how to live day to day with this. So what's one more gonna kill me? Yeah, and and you know, I think that's, I I, I think you you kind of put it. I don't think it was intentional, but I think you kind of put it perfectly. Was you know, I already deal with this. So what's it? What? Why? What's a little bit more? The the fact of the matter is, is at that time, yeah, you're de- you think you're dealing with it, but you're not. Right, you're not. And it, and actually, you like you said, what's one more gonna do? Is you know, one more ain't gonna kill me. Mm, one more can kill you. Yes. One more can push you over the edge. You know, and we we mentioned earlier in the episode about you know the stigma. And about how, you know, they're or like I said with about the construction site, people those those guys are are just brutal, especially to to greenhorns that come out there and they're brand new mm. to the job site. They are brutal to your to those guys, right? They they yeah. they know that you are, they know that you are new. And here's the thing about that. I'll let you get to your point, but let me finish this real quick. Those guys, what they don't know is that you may have just put a gun to your head and tried to pull the trigger and lived through it. And those guys don't know that. And whatever they say doesn't mean shit compared to the shit that you're dealing with. True. Now I realize this and and this, this dials into the whole, um, the whole, you know, it, this doesn't make it right. 
type of mentality. But I will say, having come from the restaurant industry, I can I can vouch I, I can definitely vouch for that aspect. And and a lot of a lot of those aspects, you know, it's it's translatable between the restaurant industry being a chef and you know construction because we do we're we're talking shit to each other all day long. We are. We're, we're, you know, I've, I've been, you know, I had one guy that I was going through some stuff. My, um, I'd, I'd had some family stuff happen. Um, and I was working as a chef. It was early in my career. This one guy, he was a sous chef. Um, you know, I was working 12, 15 hours a day, hour days, five, six days a week, um, trying to basically build my, you know, I say try to build my professional career, but really it was just me trying to, you know, forget my personal life. Um, and, you know, he used to, you know, call me a derogatory term from a homosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the word. I've never liked the word. So I, I try not to use it. Um, and I'll never forget but the last time he, he did it to me, he called me. Um, I grabbed him by, the his shirt collar his chef jacket collar lifted him off the ground and threw him up against the walk-in door and told him that if he ever speaks to me like that again i'll rip off his head i don't recommend dealing with your confrontations like that that's probably a poor way of doing it but you know i was young and i was you know i had a lot of stuff going on at that point in time but i will say i've heard People get called names. I've heard people talk shit to each other all day long in the kitchen. And part of that, and like I said, this doesn't mean it's okay, but part of that, just like the construction industry, because I have worked construction in the past as well, um, they want to make sure you can handle it. Yeah. But see, it's there's not necessarily a, okay. Right, right, right. But there is a difference between shit talking and just being shit. No, that's that's true. And, you know and I mean? unfortunately, in, in certain industries such as construction um, service, that kind of thing, that is unfortunately a very fine line that, that gets crossed frequently. Yeah, but there, like I said, but there's a difference between between motivating somebody and trying to toughen them up and just talking shit. You know, and if you if you really want to hear like you want to hear like prime shit talking, uh, I recommend anybody to whether it's a high school collegiate or professional Buy uh, ice level tickets to a hockey game and you will hear some of the greatest one liners that you have ever heard in your (laughs) entire life. All right. And these I mean, these are professional shit talkers and they find ways to get people to get under people's skin to the point where they will literally drop their gloves and fight you. And it's not just somebody who normally fights. If you could you if you get under somebody's skin to somebody who does not fight and they drop their gloves, you are a professional shit talker. Like you, you know what the hell you're yeah. doing, right? But you know, it's like um, there's something that you said. Now I can't remember. Damn concussions, man. Short term memory, just fucking. Um, and I'm gonna remember it like after we get out of here because that's just how <laughs> it fucking happens. But um, you know, I I think a lot of people a lot of people deal with the same thing, and they deal with uh borderline bullying per se because you you know like when something bothers you i think at that point it's it's not that it's not that you can't handle it when something really agitates you to the point where you result in or go back to like violence to handle it to me that at that point that person will be bullying you and true 
when we are dealing with stuff and we're dealing with these demons and mental health, sometimes the only way that they can express anything is physical violence. And it, and maybe it's toward turns towards somebody. Maybe it's turned towards yourself. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not, maybe you are a lucky one that has found a safe outlet to get that out. But one of the things that I've noticed is it's, it's not necessarily the person that speaks up and talks about it often that needs the most help, which they do. They still need, like if they are talking about it and they want help, they're going to ask for it. Right. It's the ones that can look you dead in the eye, lie about not being okay and live with their life. Like just live life. Like nothing ever happened. When you, when you, when you encounter some of those people, those people have gone through some shit that I don't think I'd wish on my worst enemy. So, and, and, you know, there's something to be said about those people that are always there for their friends too. Yeah. They really, I mean, seriously, because honestly, like you and I, you, we're there for each other. I'm not, I'm, and this is not, this is not me blowing smoke. This is not me trying to kiss your ass. We, we've been there for each other, honestly, from, from day one, Dan, I mean, God, I, I felt a little like, and I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but we, you know, when I, when I pointed that, when I put that post up to say, you know, I'm not very good at this game. Cause that's how me and Dan met through Xbox. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to play, I wanted to play hockey with a consistent group of people. I mean, it's some, it's simple as that. But when I put that up, put that post up saying, Hey, I'm not very good. I just really like to play. And I really want, want that, that, that kind of took me back to, you know, when I was a kid and just all I wanted was some friends. Right. And as cheesy and as corny and, and all that stuff as that may sound, it's, it's true. You know, all I wanted was some friends when I was a kid. And, and, you know, it kind of brought me back to that place, you know, when I posted that up saying, I just want some people to play with. I just wanted some friends. And, you know, from day one, honestly, it was kind of like you and, and, and B, you two were there. And especially through such a hard time in my life, because I was laid off, I wasn't working. This was a very low point because of COVID, but it was, you know, very, very low point in my life. And then now look at us. I mean, we've got almost 20 episodes or something like that of a mental, of a men's mental health podcast. Yep. And, you know, we talk throughout the week. We, I mean, but you, but what I'm getting at is you and I have both suffered a lot of trauma in our lives. Mm. We have, we, you and I have both suffered a lot of, uh, a lot of, we've suffered through a lot of stuff throughout our lives. And, you know, it's those people that really, that really truly care about other people around them that you have to, I mean, those are the people that honestly probably need to ask for help a little bit more, but it's hard for them. It's hard for them to ask for help because it's hard hard for anybody. It's hard for anybody to ask for help. And I think oh, yeah. that's and that's what we try to drive home is that, you know, we're not blowing smoke up anybody's ass. We we have walked through the fire and, and came through. We've you know, it was at, what was that phrase? It was, uh, you know, I went toe to toe with the devil and have lived to tell, you know, you know, it's whatever cheesy uh, quote you want to throw up there. We've we've lived it. And I'm not saying that. um I'm not saying that we're like some fucking mental health gods that have lived through things. We're not. Listen, I still would deal with shit every morning. Every time my alarm goes off, I deal with stuff. I have that five minutes of clarity and I get in my truck and the minute I hit the highway and go an hour to work, 
that is when everything happens. Okay. And there, there are, there are two times, let me be honest. There are two times in my life or two times during the day that it gives me any moment to deal with anything. And that is on my way to work. And that is on my way back home because I want to get through whatever it is that I need to get through before I get home because I don't want to bring that shit to home. Now I will talk to my wife about stuff. She is always there for me. Right. But I fuck, man, I feel guilty sometimes talking about that stuff because it's shit that is oh, fucking yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years in the making, right? It's not anything now because I haven't even caught up to this stuff now. Like, God forbid, when I finally catch up to the fact that we had uh, two early term miscarriages, when I finally catch up to that moment, I mean, I, shit, man, I might be like 45, 50 when I catch up to that moment. And I'm going to feel guilty as hell talking about it. And like, just like now, I feel guilty as shit sometimes talking about this stuff because this is shit that I should have dealt with then 10, 15 years ago that I'm now dealing with now at 32. Yeah, but who says? That, who says yeah, you're right. who says? I mean, who's, who says that that's, you know, oh, you should have dealt with this years ago? What? You know Excuse who says me? that? You know who says that? The person that knows that there's other people depending on them. Exactly. You know, and you said it before that you are, you know, you're the breadwinner, you are the foundation, you are the home, you are the walls, you are the roof, you are the protector, you are the armory, you are everything, right, to that family. Yes. And you are, I hands down, you are. Like, I have seen it, I have witnessed it, I have heard it, you are everything to that family. And, but not everybody else has that, not everybody else has that. Sometimes somebody isn't the breadwinner, and then they feel terrible about themselves because they're not the breadwinner. Or, you know, whatever else, you know, sometimes they already have cracks in their foundation. They don't feel like they're strong enough to be the foundation for that family, which leads me to this. And I wanted to say this to you before was this is the exact reason why I hammer home the importance of taking care of yourself. Because if you are all of that, if you are the foundation, if you are the wall, if you are the armory, if you are the castle for your family, you have to find a way to take care of yourself because you know this and I'm, I'm, I know this and as becoming a soon to be father, I've, well, I've already had, had this mentality to begin with, but becoming a soon to be father, it's more relevant now. And it makes me even more anxious is that I don't have time to deal with a fucking crack in my armor. I don't have time to deal with crack in my foundation. Well, sure. But the question, the, I mean, one thing you have to now. First of all, I get that I do because, um, you know, how often do you do you say, "Hey, buddy, how you doing this week?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm good." Um, and, Which I know is a so, lie, by the way. I, they, yeah. you're looking me in the eyes, and I'm, I, you are lying to me. <laughs> I am but your no, babushka, and, and you are looking me in the yeah. eyes and telling me a lie. <laughs> exactly, and 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 that's true. You know, I struggle every day, just like you, just like everybody out there. Mm-hmm. struggles every day with with something or another but let me ask you something you know when you have um a, a crack in you know back in the day when knights had a crack in their armor did they did they just keep fighting with that crack yeah or they got it repaired they got it repaired you got a you got a crack in your foundation you're just gonna let it sit there no usually you know what my um what my weld or my oh i sorry about that i hit my cup which actually sounded a lot like armor which is kind of yeah. weird but um but you know what is what is my uh my either my caulk or my blacksmithing or my welding or anything of that is uh 
and I, and I mean this jokingly, I don't actually mean this seriously, is that um, my uh, fucking little cup here of good, good oh, juice, yeah. dad juice, as I call it. Dad juice. But no, I mean, the, but you're but absolutely, that's the thing, you're you right. Know, you're absolutely you to, right. And, and that's something that I struggle with every day, too, is because, you know, your foundation starts going to crap. Who do you call? You call somebody that concentrate that that you know knows about that and right. and helps people take care of that problem. As you know, a night back in the day, you went to a, a farrier or or whatever the hell, and you got your armor fixed. You know, that's the whole thing. You what what a lot of you, people you may what, do you may do with the situation you had until you can make it better. Exactly, and and that's what a lot of people. I feel like you know you. That that's another reason why we take so long. We make do until we fix it, but we use that as an excuse. Uh, I'll deal with this when I can. I'm just going to put it over here, mm-hmm. and you know I'll deal with it. You know next week or whatever. You know I'll deal with it. You know when I when I have the time, when I have the energy, when I have you know this, that, or the other. Well, then it gets real easy to leave it over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gets real easy to not deal with it. Ever I mean, again. listen. Let's use we'll use this as a, as a fine example. How often do you look at dishes in the sink and say, "I'll get to it later"? Oh, me never. You? Oh, well, well you I'm, come from you come from being a chef. That's why because you I'm can't kidding. deal with dirty dishes. I'm, I'm completely kidding. Um, well, then I redact everything I, I hate, just said. I hate doing. Are you kidding me? I hate doing dishes. Uh, but <laughs> who likes doing but, dishes? I don't think anybody does. I don't mind it. But, Maytag, um, Maytag but, loves it. But really, dishes. yes, Maytag loves it. Um, I don't, I actually, I mean, I say I hate doing dishes. I actually don't mind it. But um, but no, are you kidding me? Of course I walk by dirty dishes. Like, ah, I'll get to that some other time. But that's the and same then, thing. Uh, but that's the same thing with us. We will come to an issue, right? And we will look at it. We'll look at it and say, I'll deal with that later. But then mm-hmm. when it's time to actually deal with it, there are twice as many dishes in the sink which is now going to take twice as long to do because now it's going to take twice as long, uh, twice as many loads to take care of everything. And by the time you take care of everything in the, in the sink, you have now added more shit on top of that, especially with you having kids, you've added probably quadruple the amount of shit on top of that. <laughs> right. Well, but that is, true. that's the same thing with us, isn't it? That's a, Where, that really is a great analogy, actually. I, I, I like that. That's right. Um, it's the same it, thing with true. us. It's true. And, and you know, the, we're not, we don't deal with things when they come. That's just that. I mean, that's kind of, and, and I'm talking about we as in humanity. I mean, we generally, uh, you know, come up may, you know, we'll deal with it when we deal with it. But some of us are, you know, I, I know people that, that are better at dealing with shit that comes through, um, when it comes, or at least within a reasonable amount of time than I am. I don't deal with things. I don't. I'll be the first to admit that. I sit here and I tell people, you know, you get, you got to handle your shit. You got to make sure that you're okay. I, and I'll be the first to admit, I have a hard time practicing what I preach. I try, but you know, I'm, I am one of those people that, you know, I'll, I'll push down and I'll deal with it and I'll push through it. I'll get stressed out. I'll get anxious. I'll do, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, eventually I explode. I'm not yeah. I'm not proud of that fact, but right. I know that about me. So there's this thing going around social media that I saw, and I'm pretty sure it was there well before we even took a started on Instagram and TikTok. But it's a reoccurring theme that I see where it's what's your toxic trait? And, uh, you know, it's always 
you know, somebody's like, well, my toxic trait is that I feel like I'm a burden before I talk to, you know, that's why I won't talk to anybody. Right. So my, I would say my toxic trait would be that I'm, um, more open to handle everybody else's shit before I handle my own. It's, I mean, I would have to agree with you on that as far as like with me, my toxic trait is being willing to take other people's, but the, the thing about me is I'll take on other people's demons and other people's problems in order to not face mine. It's yeah. not even the fact that it's not even the fact that, you know, uh, I'll take them on and I won't deal with mine. It's, I mean, I use it as an excuse to not even deal with my shit. But again, it's because we don't have to go home with those. Oh, we, absolutely. I don't, as long as I don't talk about it, I ain't got to deal with it. Right? Exactly. That's usually the mentality. I don't talk about it. It's not real. If I mean, it, if we, it ain't we brought that up a few weeks ago. Right. If it ain't Facebook official, it ain't real. Right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth, you know. And, you know, you always hear these things about uh, people who are I – heard, I heard this thing. I forgot who said it, but – it was uh, nobody's actually afraid of the dark. They're just afraid that they're not alone. And I, the minute I heard that, I was just like, holy fucking shit. Because it's not that you're afraid of the dark. It's that you're not, af- you're afraid of not being alone. And when you, when you sit there and you think about it, you're not alone. You have depression, you have anxiety, you have trauma, you have, you know, whatever may have happened to you five years ago, you have whatever it seems like that always likes to show up at your most quietest time. And I heard this oh, thing yeah. about, I heard this thing about how are you supposed to quiet your mind? If your mind is always going to be loud because you have to quiet the loudness before you can quiet anything else. Oh, absolutely. And this has happened to me, you know, actually recently, I mean, it happens to me all the time to be completely honest with everybody is, you know, I'll, I'm, I, I drive for a living um, and, you know, I, I'll be driving down the road and I'll remember a conversation mm. I had with somebody, you know, years ago and I will get ashamed of what, how I replied. I will be ashamed of what I did during that situation or, you know, and no reason. Mm-hmm. There's zero reason for it to pop through my head, but all of a sudden that one thought, that one conversation, that one deed will pass through my head and I will, I would feel genuine shame because I'm, I mean, I like to think I'm a decent person now. I haven't always been, I know I was a piece of crap for a while, but I'll remember that, that period of time. And all of a sudden, like, I will feel a genuine amount of shame from it. Yeah. But see, that's a whole other thing though. You know, we could talk about, for I, but we could probably talk about it for fucking days about all the shit that we used to do that makes us feel bad that we look on now. And you're just kind of like, look back at that time and you're like, holy shit, I was a terrible individual. I was a terrible person. And then you start to think about, well, everything that's happening to me now is, is result of that. And I absolutely deserve everything that I'm getting. And I think that is a, also a main problem for a lot of people is that they these people and this was me back then, too, and, and kind of still me now. But uh, I 100 percent believe that all the negative that happens to you in your life is shit that you deserve for shit that you did in the past. Now, anybody else can tell me that that's not true because, you know, that old phrase, you reap what you sow. Right. And and, it, it, and it's probably not. But go ahead and tell somebody who's battling through that that that's not true. Because they will just look at you in the face and laugh. Oh, yeah. Well, and and that's another aspect of why does it take so long to ask for help? You know, some of us believe that we deserve it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we deserve what we're going through. I've I've brought it up recently. My my ex relationship. You know, after failing, feeling like I failed, I didn't. You know, I I did fail in some aspects of of my my previous marriage, but um, having feeling like such a failure for so long, and 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 not just a failure. I mean, a deep, dark sense of failure. Um, and being and going into an abusive relationship for two and a half years, I felt like I didn't deserve any more than that. Mm-hmm. But people feel so that I didn't ask for help. Right. And people feel that on a daily basis, not, you know, abusive relationship at work, at home. Uh, maybe you don't feel like you live up to your expectation as a husband, as a son, as a friend, whatever it is. Right. Or um, even a wife, you know, a father, a wife, a mother, whatever it is. People deal with that every single day, you know, and the hardest thing to do is knowing that you're going to deal with this. You deal with this stuff on a daily basis. Right. But you go to bed and for eight hours you have complete fucking clarity. Right. Well, some people, maybe not all people can go to sleep. I have a hard time sleeping, so I get about four and a half hours. Yeah, right. I get about four and a half and that's without (laughs) having a kid. So I feel like I'm actually starting to prepare myself for having a kid because my four is going to turn down to about 45 minutes to an hour. So (laughs) (laughs) no, but you go through this whole mindset and you go through this whole thing where you have this like whether you can go to bed or not, because I couldn't sleep for a long time and like legit could not sleep. And I had insomnia. I would not take medication. I did not go see a doctor. Fun fact, still haven't seen a doctor since that last episode, 18 episodes ago. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you that don't know, I, I have this big shitty grin on my face like the Cheshire Cat when yeah. you brought that up. Yeah, and uh, you, you wake up in the morning and you willingly put your pants on to go to work knowing you're going to deal with the same bullshit you just dealt with 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. And and it's fucking wild that there are people who walk this earth that can do that. Yeah. You know, just it's just I don't I don't yeah. get and it. Honestly, man. And and honestly, Dan, it's a lot. It is. A, a lot of people can do Fuck. that. It's too much. And too many. It is. It is. And you know, um, you know, I I like I said, you know, you don't you feel like you don't live up to, you know, your expectations of being a father or a son or a husband or a partner or, you know, a wife, mother, whatever, you know, there was, um, I, I did want to actually touch base on this because I, I posted a, uh, what do you, what do you call it? A, a, du- a duet. Oh, duet on uh, TikTok about the gentleman. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I did want to actually, you know, cause we do like to bring up the videos that where at least I do like to bring mm-hmm. up the videos that we put, that we put on TikTok. And, you know, this, this gentleman said something to the effect of, you know, um, who who calls out sick to make sure when when their kid is sick? Who who calls out of work? Who do, you know who if the mother does? The mother does. The mother does. But and there is one there is one thing that he said that I I wholeheartedly disagree with. And as I said in the video, you know this this gentleman he was coming from a very very good place. I mean honestly he probably had you know one of the best mothers in the world too. You know, seriously, I mean, just the way that he speaks of of motherhood, um, of how important being a mother is. I mean, I, I I would love to meet this man's mother because I bet you she's an amazing woman. Oh, probably. Um, and but let me tell you something. He, he said at some point in his video that, you know, it is a requirement for a mother and it is a choice for a father. Let me tell you something. And I've said it before 
I'll continue saying it for as long as we do this podcast, which hopefully will be, you know, no end in sight. But that is not a choice for a father. Period. End of discussion. But it it is not a choice. You want to be you want to be a father, be there. You know. Period. Call into sick to work to take care of your child. Take your child to go to. The, <laughs> you want to talk about hard, Dan. When that that first round of shots that your baby gets, it is going to be one of the most painful things you will ever go through because it sucks because there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. But that but being a father is not a choice. You know, being a sperm donor that's a choice. Yeah. Being, being a father that's not a choice that you get. You don't get to choose when you when you can and or when you you don't get to choose when you do and when you don't. Right. That's right. that's not being a father. So, right. um, if it, I, 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 sorry that kind of brought that up and I, I wanted to, I wanted to touch base on it. You know, for those of you out there that are dads, you know, keep fighting a good fight for those of you that are out there that are piece of shit dads and you know who you are, mm-hmm. you, maybe it's time to step up. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah, I mean, that's the plain and simple truth of it. You, uh, you know, no, because there is something that I, I've, I've heard before and, it was uh, people, people who have kids, you know, it's like uh, those men who um, sprout children from their loins are dads, but not every man can be a father. Yes. And I think yes. that is that is one of the things um, me personally that I I fucking struggle with every single day, knowing that I'm about to be a father is is i mean and i was talking about that when we were like 10 weeks in was my i was scared shitless of being a dad and listen you know for those of you that are new to this uh my wife and i struggled for a long time you know not not as long as others but we struggled uh trying to start a family and we had to go with a fertility clinic and god bless those people they're fucking amazing um but we, when we, when I found out that my wife was pregnant and like this one actually like stuck, I bawled for like uh, hours. I cried. And I was so relieved. I was so happy. I was so terrified all at one time. And we just received, and I texted you when this happened. Um, we just received our first baby gift for my wife's baby shower that's coming up. And my wife, she's even told me that she's afraid to. We're, she's afraid to even work in the nursery and clean it out because she's afraid she's going to jinx it. And I'm afraid of getting j- of getting gifts and stuff like that because I'm afraid that it's going to be jinxed. And it's just kind of how our lives have been and our whole relationship is if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, like we're, we've always been on that end of negative for some reason. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. I question it. Still don't have any answers and never will have any answers. But we got our first uh, gift sent to the house, and I told you, dude, I was emotional. I had to step out of work and and walk away for a couple of minutes because I was crying because I was so excited, but I was so fucking terrified, and I'm still well, I terrified. Mean, you, you, it gets more and more real the close. I mean, the closer you get, and that's you know that's I've I've heard that cliche um, a lot is you know oh it's getting closer so it's getting more real it's it's a fact yeah you know you i have no doubt in my mind you and your wife are going to be amazing parents i can't say that enough um 
you already are, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Try um, Yeah, because, you know, you're terrified. I can see in your face when you talk about it. <laughs> um, and, and turn your motherfucking and, camera off. <laughs> and that's, but but that's part of it is that yeah you're terrified you're 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 probably a little you're probably scared and there's nothing wrong with that I I firmly I've said it before I firmly believe if you're not terrified especially being a first time parent then you're you're not ready <laughs> right right so, and imagine this though as terrified as you are having a child right and. And everything that we went through, it 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 still scares the shit living shit out of me, right? Like my wife is still um, a uh, high risk pregnancy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it still terrifies the hell out of me. And I have nightmares about things sometimes. And you know I wake up and it'll be one o'clock in the morning. She'll be dead asleep, and I will be bawling quietly because I just had a nightmare about something that was traumatic, right? And I know that it is just my anxiety playing tricks on me, and I understand that. And but it still doesn't make it less real, right? But imagine that being that terrified, right, about being a father. So imagine being that terrified when you are uh, facing or when you go face to face with your own mental health. And for some of those people, you know, it's better than others. Let's 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 be honest. It's better for others you know, than some, and that's okay. And, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty about that either. Like if you have a hold on your mental health shit power to you, man, let me, let's know what your fucking secret is. You know, that's, you know, fucking seven herbs and spices or whatever the hell that, that KFC thing is. But, um, it's, you know, you, you have a hold on yourself or you, we, you, you make it out to believe that you have a hold on yourself. And that's part of it too, because let me, let's, let's, Let's touch on that because that's something that never gets told is that, um, you know how much effort it takes to put a mask on and lie about how well you're doing and then yeah. live the lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrifying. So imagine being terrified about being a being a parent and then terrified having the same damn feeling about dealing with your mental health at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason uh, why I, mean- I drink. There is a reason why Jim and Jack and and all that is very popular with me. But let, let, I, again, I joke. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not an alcoholic. Well, no. I, I yeah, drink like once a week. Let's just clarify. Let's just clarify <laughs> this real quick. Honestly, like when I have a bottle of whiskey, I might have a whiskey or two a night. But let's just clarify something. That is a lie. You, I have heard you and your wife line up shots left and right at while we I, were playing hockey. Well, yeah, that's that once a week, but you okay, know, the funny thing is, all right, you're true. Okay, fair enough. You're right. The, you're right. The, the funny thing is, I don't get drunk. I don't, I, and I'm not saying that I can't get drunk. I'm saying I don't drink enough to get drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I, and, you know, like this week, I've, you know, for, for financial reasons, I, I haven't had a bottle of whiskey this week. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't give a damn. When's um, the last time you've been drunk? Oh, God. I think my bachelor party was the last time I got drunk. And that was uh, that was basically mainly of uh, my wife's brother-in-law. Who So thanks for that, by the way. So uh, that was my wife's brother-in-law who got me absolutely destroyed. Drunk. Wow. Um, probably Christmas four years ago. Is that out of fun or is that out of pain? Um, a little bit of both. Um, it was fun because yeah, I got hammered 
but it was also because I didn't really have anything else to do. And it Fair was enough. Christmas night. It was Christmas night. And uh, this was when I was, uh, for those of you that didn't know, I don't talk about it very often but because it doesn't, I mean, it's a three, three, three basically a three-year stretch where I worked in the cannabis industry. Mm. And uh, at this point in time, I was a head of security at a uh, cannabis retail shop. And Christmas night, me and my roommate polished off a handle of um, Jack Honey. Okay. And um, and it was just me and him. And we were doing shot for shot for shot for shot. And then I get a phone call right as I'm about to go to bed from the owner of the cannabis shop saying, hey, somebody just broke into our cannabis oh, shop. Oh, Oh yeah, she was like, "Can can you come down and 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 help me get this taken care of?" Because I was the closest one. I I lived the closest to the shop, and I was like, "Yeah, I can, but you need to come pick me up because there's going to be cops there, and I'm hammered." Um, and <laughs> so, and and oh, she did. God. She did come pick me up, and I did go down there and boarded up the windows and all that stuff. And it was, you know, it is what it is. But I think that was the last time I remember being being drunk. Yeah, I mean, I've had a I've had a buzz here and there, but I I being drunk, no. That's... I tell you what, I'm borderline needing to get drunk to get through some of our Friday night sessions because, good lord, that is a shit show some nights. <laughs> some nights. <yeah. laughs> um, and that's oh, you know, man. and for those of you out there, you know, I know we're talking about a, a little of this and a little of that today, and you know, for those of you out there, you know, I can't I can't say this enough, you know, find yourself an outlet. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be anything major. I mean, every Friday night, me and Dan and the boys, we get together. We usually play hockey um, on the Xbox um, poorly, but we <laughs> not, not poorly. We just, you know, so I've realized that there's a difference between um, video game hockey and real life hockey. And if you try to play video game hockey places. like real life hockey, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Um, and that's the part no, that we have, but the fact of the matter is, is we all get together and, you know, some of us drink, some of us don't, but you know, we all have a few drinks and laughs and I mean, we don't take it overly seriously. Sometimes Dan does, he gets frustrated, whoa, but, whoa, whoa. um, what, 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 what? Am I, am, how are you going to call me out like that? Well, did listen, I lie? when you've been, listen, when you've been, a, when you've been a coach for like 15 years, <laughs> you can't turn that shit off. All right. Even now I can't turn, I haven't coached in like two years. I can't turn it off. Well, but, but what, what I'm getting at is, you know, find yourself an outlet and it doesn't have yeah. to be with a big group of friends. It can't be just, you know, solo. I mean, um, but you know, find yourself an outlet. Everybody needs one. I mean, mm-hmm. even if it's just, even if it's just to sign off for, you know, a couple of hours a week or, you know, even, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, I mean, do something. I mean, me, I've, I'm, you know, I'm planning on quitting smoking cigarettes at the end of the year. So I'm going to start going to a gym and that's also going to help. Um, but the fact that the fact is, I, and I can't stress this enough, especially this time of year, mm-hmm. find yourself, find yourself an outlet. Find yourself something to do. Find yourself something to get your mind off of life for a little while. And I realize that kind of runs a little counter to what we talk about on this. But it, it but if you really think about it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we do. We preach like self-care all the time. And um, 
you know, my even my wife sometimes will look at me. It, it's funny because she knows that I'm stubborn as shit and she can't tell me nothing. <laughs> but I will tell her like, hey, I'm gonna come home and work in the yard and cut the grass. And it, it takes a good like four hours to cut my grass. And um, she's always just like, okay if you say so and you know and in reality she's probably like she's thinking you need to just chill out and there but there's no chill out like when there's stuff to do i can't chill out and i say that while we sit here and there's probably plenty of shit that i could be taken care of but or take care of but i mean you know it's just sometimes sometimes people just feel better being busy mm-hmm. but you're being productive yeah. if you're productive there's the nothing wrong part. with that uh, for the most part, people tend to feel better when they're busy. I mean, yeah. but but the whole thing is, is, you know, let's let's take this season and and let's, you know, let's let's concentrate on some self-care. Let's concentrate on on finding that outlet. You know, honestly, I, I just in the mail, I just got some colored pencils and one of those adult coloring books. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I, got, I mean, I, I really am. I want to color. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's something as simple as that. Oh yeah, keep laughing. I'm six foot four, two hundred ninety pounds. I know, I know. and you were yeah, no such a nerd though. And I it's am. but it's I like am. it's it's but it's refreshing though. Because it's like it's the simplest little things that can bring you joy. Like mm-hmm. literally it's the smallest little things. Oh, yeah. I used to play with Legos all the time. Like when our power went out for like snowstorms, I'd bust out my Legos and build all kinds of shit. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know? And that's the you know, and, and it's something simple. Don't 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 think it's something you got to spend a ton of money on. Don't think it's something that you have to spend a ton of time on. You know, it's it's it is usually the simplest things that that will allow you to detach from whatever whatever's going on and give you a chance to decompress. Now that being said, it's also it's also things that you can do for other people. Mm-hmm. Give people your time. Give people give, give people that shoulder. Give I mean, if you if you're financially stable enough, you know, donate. Um, I, I do want to do something for, you know, for a charity for Christmas. And that's something that you and I will, we'll talk about, but this month, you know, and you know, when you brought it up earlier, I didn't know November was, I knew about Movember, but I didn't realize it was men's health awareness month. And you know what, that's something obviously near and dear to both of us. Um, so, you know, get out there, you know, let's, let's do, do a hashtag, um, what it what was it what unapologetically giving back um so basically what it is is we're just asking you guys to just kind of document you giving back and it could literally be anything it could be uh, go out and mow your neighbor's lawn yeah mow your neighbor's lawn you know i don't know buy the expensive popcorn from the boy scouts because i mean they're hurting too that that boy scouts are starting to shut down so i mean you know do do something that will give back to the community i don't even care if it's just pushing somebody's cart back or helping somebody do their car with their groceries you know just just document it and what we we want you to do is to document it and we're not really about it there's a thing that, you know, that goes where you you don't want to be self-righteous and always like put yourself in the spotlight. Right. But in this point, we're asking you to put yourself in the spotlight because what we're trying to do is just show people that there are good people out there in the community that are willing to give back. They're willing to help. So even if it's you just sitting down and having like a. Uh, I don't know, like a men's weekend where you gather your friends together and you guys just talk like you just talk about the stuff that's going on in your life. You know, or you 
donate your time at a shelter. You, you know, maybe you find a homeless man and you want to bring him some food. You know, I, you know, we did that one time in our old apartment. There's a, a gentleman that lived on the corner with his dog and he was a vet and didn't get any help and built himself. And I do credit to him and he built himself a hell of a, of a, of a shelter and a home in the woods. And it was impressive to say the least, but um, you know, my wife and I brought him like Thanksgiving leftovers one time and brought stuff for his dog. Um, you know, it's just a little like do something. That's all we're asking is just do something yes. to give back. Cause there are people who are, I hate to say it, but there are people who are struggling worse than all of us. You know, we're you struggling. Got a, you got a neighbor that, you know, that doesn't get a whole lot of visitors, doesn't get a whole lot of mail and stuff like that. There's that old school, you know, send a Christmas card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do something or, or, or a Thanksgiving card or whatever, or, you know, do something nice for somebody. That's, right. that's all we're asking. Do something outside of the norm for, for, right. and, and, you know, maybe it is the norm for you. Maybe you volunteer every Thanksgiving at a, at a soup kitty kitchen, but you know what? Let's, let's recognize yeah. that there are good people like you out there. There, mm-hmm. you know, I said it at the, at, at the, at the top of this episode, I'll say, it, you know, here at the tail end, you know, with everything going on in this world, it would be really nice to showcase the people that are doing good, yep. the, to showcase the people that, you know, are doing the things that, you know, what this world isn't just black and white. There's, you know, there are things to be done to show people that I, that there are still good people in this world and they're willing to give. Yep. That's all it is. You know, so all, all we're asking is for you to just document what you do, you know, take a photo or, you know, if maybe if you're on TikTok or TikTok or Instagram, you, you put a little video together or something, use the hashtag unapologetically giving back. And then, you know, we're just asking that you tag the show. That's all that that's all we're asking for, because what we want to do is not only to give back, but we want to spread awareness about what we're doing. And before, before, you know, we're coming up here, we got about a couple of minutes before we wrap up here. Um, there was one thing I wanted to bring up. Well, two things. If somebody actually posed a question to us and oh. uh, we didn't, we didn't answer because it was actually, uh, it was actually directed at me, but I hadn't had a chance to, an- to answer yet. And we've actually been on a more of a lighter note ending here that I didn't feel it was in the right spot. But I've always said that if you pose a question to us, we will answer. Um, one of two things was, um, I follow a I follow a lot of hockey pages. Um, as you all know, I'm really big into sports. I follow a hockey page that dives into all of the leagues, whether it's the NHL, AHL, European League, German leagues, all of that stuff, Russian League. They dive into everything. And I'm going to keep a name out just because I don't want to – one, I don't want to butcher the name because I don't actually know how to pronounce it. But um, there's a gentleman who passed away uh, this week. He was in his mid-30s. Um, he committed suicide and this page actually does a really good job of highlighting professional hockey players who have died by suicide and they will go through one, a couple, well, not one, but they will go through players every couple of hours during like a week about certain players that have passed away due to suicide. And this was something that happened just recently. This gentleman was a manager of a European league. He passed away from suicide, um, took his own, uh, obviously took his own life. Um, His father, I think like nine or 10 years before that, it might've been a little bit longer. I don't remember the date, but he also passed away from suicide. 
And a lot of the comments were positive in a way of uh, thoughts and prayers, you know, things like that. But there was something that somebody said that it was like, well, this is clearly um, bloodline related. And it kind of made me think where, you know, mental health is not bloodline related. It's just I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it's not bloodline related. And I don't think he meant ill intent on what he said. Um but it, it's not it's not something in your blood that that causes you to want to uh, have suicidal thoughts or, or kill yourself. You know, it's just it's it's a as science proves, it, it's a chemical imbalance, which a lot of people deal with. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But um, I had mentioned something I had posted actually as a group too that, uh, you know, that you and I, we do this podcast and I'd said a few things about the gentleman and about how, um, you know, it's always rough and I, you know, I feel sorry for his family and, and everything. And there is a outpour of love that responded out of the comment from people who were thanking us for doing this podcast. And we're talking about complete freaking strangers who live on the other side of the world who are reaching out after I made that comment, who are talking about, you know, who are thanking us for doing this. And not only that, they have asked about the podcast and I've given them the link. They have messaged about the link and they have responded back in such a positive way where it makes me feel good and where we're actually finding a way to give back to people. And it's amazing. And I, and, you know, and I didn't want to like do a selfish plug, a selfish plug about the podcast, but you could see in the comments where there are so many people talking about why is there no outlet for men's mental health? Why is there no reason? Like, why is this becoming such a pandemic that men can't talk about their problems? Why they can't talk about having uh, mental health problems and depression and suicide. And the fact that now that's happened twice in that person's family or in that family alone, I can't even imagine how they feel, but that's what we're here for. And we have a outpour from now from TikTok and and God bless Cody for coming on. Cause if he never came on, we never would have yes. had this outlet. Right. And I see it with <clears throat> your videos and I see it from DMs that I get and stuff like that. And somebody uh, posed a question to me. Um, and it was, I, I assume it wasn't necessarily one of the videos that either you and I did. I think I assume it was from an earlier episode. Um, but they just, they asked me this question. They said, uh, if there was a God, then why did he allow your brother to die? And somebody actually asked me that question a long, 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 long time ago. And I never had an answer. And this person asked me that question. I don't think there was ill intent in that question. I think it was just a genuine question. Um, and you know what? The answer I came up with, and I, I was upset. I actually kind of wanted to semi-cuss this person out, and I didn't. Um, because I also don't think this person has listened to a lot of what we said. Because if he did, then they would uh, realize where we're coming from as a podcast and as two people who deal with this stuff. Um I came up with this response was it was simple. It was uh, <laughs> God must love baseball. And that was it. That was the only thing I said was that God must love baseball and that God really needed him a utility infielder. And that was all I had. That was all I had. And I was okay with that. 
And honestly, that's, you know, I've, I've, I've been, I've been in a situation where I've asked myself that before, you know, why did God do this? Why did God do that? And, and to be honest with you, you know, the simple answer is, I don't know. Yeah. We never know. Yeah. We don't know. That's a whole, that's a whole other topic of, of, we could, we could do a couple episodes, <laughs> I think on, on something like that, but Chris, you know, clear and, your schedule. And, We're going to have you on for a week. And thank you, you know, and, and the reason we say Chris is Chris, Chris is probably the most involved in the church than between the mm-hmm. two of us, or between the three of us. Um, but, you know, you, yeah, I believe, I don't believe there was any Ill, Ill intent in that question. I, I truly believe that. And, you know, that is, that is one of those things that, that is one of those things that people, that, that people, not just men. I mean, you, you cannot love that in with just men's mental health. I think that's something that, that people ask all the time, you know, whatever higher power you may believe in, if you believe in it, why, why is there so much suffering? Why is there? And, and honestly, I don't know. I don't, you know, that's not something. And I don't believe that's something that we're supposed to know. Um, that being said, you know, um, I've asked myself that question throughout my life. I don't have, you know, I've, you know, why did they, why, why did God need to take my stepdad so early? Why did, why did God need to take my grandmother so early? Why did God, but you know, that's not something that I believe we'll ever know. Um, but I do want to say thank you for posing that question. Yeah. You know, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for, you know, allowing us the the opportunity to to answer, even though it may and just just so everybody knows, it may not be the answer you're looking for. No. But but we will answer. Yep. So please reach out if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have anything that you would like to share with us, um, please go ahead. And again, I can't stress this enough. We will not share your information. We will not share share we won't share your story unless we explicitly get permission. Mm-hmm. Um but um, that's uh, uh, honestly, I, I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> you looked like you had something you wanted to say. I, I, you know, I did, but I couldn't. I, I'll be straight with you. I couldn't get the thoughts to really line up in my head. Okay. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't line it up. I couldn't. I couldn't get it to make sense. So I mean, I'll. I, I, I'm mentally. I think I might be a little. Little fried. Uh, oh, this was a good episode. I mean, yeah, this it was, was I, I, it was a great talk. I always enjoy our our weekly talks on on this uh, podcast, and that's kind of what it's going to become. And that's honestly, I think, what works best for us. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, but that's not saying that if you all have a, a suggestion to talk about, you know, like we'll talk about it. You know, Seth suggested some stuff to us too uh, the other day when we we're at his house, and um, I I'm fully on board. It's just, he brought up something about communication. And about, you know, mm. the importance and how you could take something the wrong way just because somebody doesn't know how to communicate properly or uh, maybe they have anxi- social anxiety. So, I mean, like, yeah, that's 100 percent. That's something that people struggle with. And, you know, also we want to um, we do want to touch on this, too, is that we're always looking for people to come on. So yeah. if you want to come on and talk about your story, you want to come on and have a conversation or a debate or whatever it is, like, come on, like, just let us know, like, come on, all are welcome. Right. Um, also, uh, I think we mentioned this before. I'm not sure if we did. I can't remember. But uh, Cody, 
uh, Dad by God 35 who we had on, has uh, given us his platform to do a live episode. Um, granted, oh, granted, that actually wouldn't be recorded. I was looking into it, so that can't actually be recorded unless somehow we ran um, this, what we're doing now, on top of doing the recording. But the live is mobile strictly, so it's got to go through the phone. So I don't know how we would get that to work. I don't, I don't know, but um, as a recording. But for those of you who are on TikTok um, or are not on TikTok, that is something that we are working on. It might be within the next couple of weeks. I know he's all for it. We just need to find the right time to do it. So that, that will be coming up, and um, that's something that we're excited for and which will be completely different because that's going to be 100% raw in interacting with people. And oh, yeah. I'm actually quite excited for that because I think that's when we do our best work. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. And, you know, like I said, you can always find us on uh, Facebook at Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. TikTok at Men in Your Life and Men in Your Life 2, which is Brady's account, and he posts some great content. Go follow him. Go like. Um, you can find us on Instagram, which I've been slacking on a lot lately. Listen, we work full-time jobs. It's hard to do this shit when you don't have anything or you're not getting money to do all this stuff. It's it's hard to do, you know? Um, and uh, you can find us on TikTok. Uh, I said TikTok already. Instagram, Men in Your Life, uh, Facebook. And then you can find us on Anchor. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I think a couple other ones, but um, I'm not entirely sure. Actually, I keep getting notifications about stuff, but I, uh, it's beyond me at this point. I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, you do all, you do a lot of the work, man. I, I just participate in it, and I need to step up a little bit, I think, and, and take some of that some of that burden off your shoulders. No, um, you're doing fine. Believe me, you're doing fine. It's just easy. I know that it's easier for me to do it while I'm at work because sometimes I get more downtime than you do. So it's easy yeah. for me to hand shit out. But like you, you posted something while you were walking around the streets. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, oh, before we end here, which we need to, um, how is that riding in a Miata being nine feet tall? <laughs> We'll have to post that up on our up on our Facebook. I need you like to that. show that. Yeah, I need you to post that picture. Yeah, I'll, post it I'll on TikTok or whatever. Oh, yeah, man, post it up. It that was, was awesome. that was hilarious. That you know that roof would not close. No, there's no way. No. No. <laughs> thank, thank God it wasn't raining at that point in time that day. Listen, we know, uh, we know. Like I said, the holidays are coming up. People are strapped and stuff like that. But listen, if anybody ever needs anything, please reach out to us. Um, you know, we're going to do the best that we can to reach out to you, reach back out to you. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, we know that it's tough. We know that it's rough. And, um, you know, just remember, like we, like we said before, it's just, uh, you know, you know, broken doesn't mean totaled. And, uh, you know, the other phrase that we like to use a lot now is that, uh, iron sharpens iron and man sharpens man. Um, we haven't really used a lot of the, it's okay to not be okay lately, but that's okay. I'm all right with that. Cause I kind of like iron sharpens iron man sharpens man. Uh, I, I agree. And, and you know, but I, I do. Oh, and the new one zip ties, duct tape and whiskey. We're all held together by yeah, zip ties, duct held, tape and whiskey. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's one of my favorites. We're all held together with, you know, zip ties, duct, duct tape and whiskey. And, um, yeah, reach out, please. You know, the holidays can be a rough time for, for a lot of different people. And, you know, we, we're here. We're, yeah. we're here to listen. We're here to lend an ear. Um, so please don't hesitate. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, this is... Uh, Go on, say this, it. Go on. 
this has been another episode of Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. And, I'm uh, Dan. I'm Brady. And uh, thank you yeah. again, and God bless. Everybody yeah. be safe. Have a good week. And, you know, just uh, like I said, if you need anything, go on and reach out. We'll be here for you. God bless. <laughs>